Hi there, and welcome to Blaze Explains. I'm your host, Blaze Hope. It's good to be here. It's good to be speaking to you again. This time, I am in a new location. I'm no longer in the guest bedroom. I am in uh, Amsterdam, or just outside, actually. And uh, the major office is not yet ready, although I'll obviously be recording there a lot uh, long term. Uh, but I am instead in my own bedroom, better acoustics, uh, the office here is just a bit too echoey, so still very much a working from home vibe. And work is what I'm going to be talking about this week, more specifically how to approach a tough job market. If you've been looking on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's the big one, to pay attention to how many people um, who you just would never expect to get out of work uh, with the picture saying open to work on their profile, um, who appeared to, you know, were really on a, on, a, on a career trajectory, suddenly finding themselves, you know, with their entire division shelved, basically, uh, and then either the victim of a cull or simply shut down. It's tough to see people having to go through it. But one of the things that I have noticed is I've seen some reactions to it that were frankly absolutely brilliant. They were... Uh, I, I, I saw one person's reaction to redundancy to, to put together a self-promotion video piece to camera that I thought was one of the best things I'd ever seen. It got a massive amount of engagement and likes and they did end up with a job and I said on it that if, frankly, if I had one to offer you, I would have given it to you based on, just on, on that. And, um, you know, I wish, you know, that if I were to lose my job, I would be able to have the confidence to put it forward like that. Amazing. And that was kind of quite, quite inspiring. But I did think that a lot of people who are listening uh, may be out of a job, may be worried that they're going to be, or certainly may be uh, planning, uh, need to be planning an escape route. I think we all need to, um, in our lives, always have a backup plan. Otherwise, we're in a position where we cannot negotiate for what we want. Um, and this is something that is, is difficult when you're fully committed to 100% to what you're doing, is to consider, well, what if I can't do it tomorrow? Which is a shame, because you're almost sort of find yourself constantly applying. Uh, and the odd chance you might get an actual job, but you just um, well, you just try to make it happen. Anyway, so the first thing to understand is w- what is the jobs market that we're looking at uh, in the time of COVID. So number one, how tough is tough when you are talking about a tough job market? So let's have a look. Postings for higher wage jobs in the US are 35% below the trend compared to 21% of lower wage jobs. Jobs related to driving and retail in the U.S. continue to be on the rise, so kind of the gig economy, I guess, playing a major role there. Major retailers like Target, CVS and Kroger have announced they will open massive hirings with higher starting salaries. The unemployment rate in OECD countries this March increased 0.4% compared to February, so a bit. The rise was particularly marked by women and youth youths aged 15 to 24, the number of people paying taxes in the UK fell by 649,000 from March to June. Data from ILO showed that the working hours fell 14% during the second quarter of 2020, equivalent to the loss of 400 million full-time jobs. And that really is shocking statistic from the United Nations. So it's massive, basically. Even on in the most optimistic scenario, working hours will fall by 12% or equivalent to 34 million full-time jobs. 1.2%, sorry. 
This compared to the last three months of 2019. Meanwhile, the ILS most pessimistic scenario sees a fall of 11.9%, equivalent to 340 million full-time jobs. More than 9 in 10 workers live in a country where there is some sort of workplace closure. The Americas got hit the worst with working hours diving, more than 18%. Europe, Central Asia saw 13.9%, Asian Pacific 13.5%, and the Arab states 13.2%, and Africa 12.1%. So, it is a very tough market. Everybody, everywhere, is being hit by this to greater or lesser degrees. I think that depends on how economies are structured. Um, But basically, it's kind of the same across the board. So, yes, this is really, really tough. However, the solace in that is when it's really, really tough, people are likely to take action and to attempt to resolve both on a private and individual level and on a corporate level as well as a governmental level and a non-governmental level. So, it comes down to, well, how are you going to access the opportunities that are out there? Uh, Like so many things, if you are not if you must socially distance and approach things in, in a new way, look, you're going digital. So section two, we're talking about going it alone. A 2010 survey by Pew found two-thirds of Americans believe people without the internet are at a disadvantage when it comes to finding work opportunities. That's absolutely true. I do think there is a balance there. You have to kind of be on the phone. You have to be thinking. You have to be looking. But obviously, you really can't do anything without the internet to uh, seek things out, but also to research the people who might employ you so you can prepare yourself adequately to know that they are the right people, that you can ask the right questions, that you can show off the correct aspects of your personality um, and and your, your capabilities and your knowledge in order to try to secure that actual employment opportunity. On a 2015 study, people who looked for jobs, 90% used the internet to look for a job, 84% have applied online. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to apply online. A lot of people do. Um, I think it's still important to try to leverage your network as much as possible. People appreciate when they know that they're speaking to a real person. Even if they know, they don't know until they hear your voice. So your manner, your communication skills will be really, really important here. So a good time to, you know, be brave, take a risk, try to um, cultivate that part of yourself as much as possible. Recruit Holdings in Japan is the leader in the job portal world with a market cap of $62 billion. The most used channel to reach candidates in 2019, email, 37.2%. Yeah, email. Uh, Phone text, 27.9%. I always prefer it. It always seems much more real when someone's going to do that to me. LinkedIn in-mail, 15.1%. And that's actually higher than I thought because, you know, people, I mean, I've tried to use email for sales recruitment. um, And I think people have an association with it that it is sort of spam in a way. And so that a, a uh, recruitment approach through there may be, may be sort of viewed suspiciously if it's coming from an employer. But if it's coming from a candidate, I think that would actually be quite powerful. It's like you've, you've engaged some resource and made some uh, choice based on scarcity because you can't just send endless in-mails. You have to pay. Well, you get a certain amount, but you have to pay uh, if you want to get more. And then, you know, they're still restricted. So that's a, um, a valuable commodity to use. So... I guess that makes sense. Certainly, LinkedIn in general uh, for recruitment is a phenomenal tool and incredibly useful. Now, here's an interesting from Forbes. It goes on what I was saying earlier. Knocking on employers' doors directly works 47% of the time. Yeah, get in touch with people directly. 
That's a big number. Look, I think the thing you need to be doing is you need to be approaching people as directly as possible, as much as possible. The average recruiter spends about 3.14 minutes reading a resume and will make a decision in the first minute after reading the resume. Therefore, spend more time on the resume. I think one of the things is you've got to really now make your resume what it is, something that it can be on paper, but you've got to add in. You need to have a video. You need to have something that really sells yourself. And I think, for example, if you have a complex uh, resume that sort of needs some explanation, A, you need the help to explain it properly, and you need a way to actually relate the breadth of your experience in a very concise manner. Uh, and then people say, rewrite your resume for everywhere that you go. And I don't think that's a very efficient way of doing things, because how are you going to put in hundreds of applications, which is what you need to do in order to get uh, a significant amount of interviews, you need to actually be um, getting communicating that you are an effective person as early as possible and as effectively as possible. So I think video is a good way to do that. Apart from anything, it indicates a level of boldness, bravery and confidence, which is extremely good and extremely useful. You're preempting that part of the interview. Spend more time on the resume. Yes, spend more time on your resume. Uh, change the definition of what a resume is and what it can be. Based on research by CareerBuilder, over 20% of hiring managers will not hire a candidate who doesn't send a thank you email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you do say thank you. I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand what the context is there. Of, of Why would you not say thank you, I guess? If you've been given an opportunity, yeah, take the most, be polite, please, thank you. It may, goes a long way. Again, communications, uh, building rapport with people. They want to know that they're going to work with someone who's nice and who cares uh, and who's going to be a, a pleasure to work with. It's always going to work to your advantage. Smart recruiters found out that Tuesday is the best day to hire and to apply for jobs. I did not know that. That is really interesting. I guess people really don't want to hear on things on Monday. It's kind of like calling people. It's like you don't really want to call people on a Monday morning because everybody's, you're dealing with everything that's built up over the weekends. You're dealing with everything that's coming in all at the same time because it's the, whatever's at the top of everybody's priority list to sort out from the previous week. It just gets fired in. I remember that if I ever need to. Nearly 60% of candidates apply within the first week of the job posting. Therefore, applying later will mean your application gets buried. Yeah. Apply quickly, be kind of on point and trying to get in. Okay, sorry, next, next, next one. Now, this is the really interesting part is now that everything's going digital, how do you get out there? So, using social media. 83% of candidates are active on Facebook compared to 40% on Twitter and 36% on LinkedIn. But unless you use a paid strategy, the job posts will be more likely to be viewed on LinkedIn rather than Facebook. Look, go to where it's supposed to be. This goes back to the importance of, of, of LinkedIn as a, a tool to represent your office self online, which I spoke about plenty. I had a whole episode pretty much talking about that and an article. Uh, it, it, you know, you are more likely to be viewed on LinkedIn. You are there for work. They will look for you there for work. Even if they discover you on another platform, they are going to go find you there to try to evaluate you. So it's really important that you do that well. Recruiters, however, prefer LinkedIn 87% rather than Facebook or other social media. I, I think, basically, you can communicate that you're open to work elsewhere, but you've got to focus on LinkedIn as, as the way you're going to go in. That's where recruitment will take place. That is where um, they are going to find you. Yeah, recruiters prefer LinkedIn. No surprise. That's where you've got to be. 
The country with the most users of LinkedIn is the United States with 170 million users, obviously, followed by India with 68 million users. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a phenomenally useful uh, tool. It is the social media of the future. It's it, it's strange doing that, even though I'm running my own company and I'm doing all this, is it? this is actually kind of making me... Um, almost want to uh, take the opportunity to apply for jobs and see how well I do. But I think just from looking around at people, I think if you're going to do it, you have to approach it uh, all in. Make yourself look as good as possible, be as honest as possible, forthright, um, try to reach reach people, try to find them. And focus it on LinkedIn because that's where the recruiters are going to be. That's where you're supposed to be professional. Uh, be presentable everywhere else, but LinkedIn's the important one. Surveys show at least 84% of organizations use social media for recruitment and the 9% who, don't, who, who haven't used social media plan to use it. So, look, it's incredibly effective. I've recruited everybody I've ever recruited via social media. Whenever I need someone, um, obviously we have very good penetration in terms of recruitment uh, in the markets where I recruit. Um, and, you know, a tweet is usually enough. Uh, the last person I hired, we had a tweet out on the Friday, we had 149 CVs on the Tuesday, and then my staff made their way through them, and I think I only interviewed three people and chose one. It's a very effective tool, that was Twitter, because there's high Twitter engagement, but when I needed to do a massive recruitment drive where I was a lot more selective right at the beginning, I think I spent just over £300, so we're talking about $425 at the time. And that gave me effectively a book of about 45 candidates, very strong candidates, that I then picked from. And I think I've hired um, two of my core people from there and another few people who I've strongly considered, uh, some of whom were just simply out of our range, uh, some of whom um, were simply not in the country that, that I was looking for but somehow ended up applying. Um, but we're still strong candidates for potential future use. Uh, and then some were absolute disasters. But, you know, you get everything. 73% of millennials aged 18 to 34 found their last position through social media platforms. Absolutely. Uh, I think social media platforms are very important. I think also finding jobs through um, bulletin boards, online bulletin boards, that are posted by uh, industry groups, by industry associations, clubs... That's a very effective way still because you also have a smaller pool of people. It's a much more targeted audience. So if you're coming through from that direction, you're likely to get more people, um, which is very interesting. Another survey shows 82% of organizations use social media to recruit passive job applicants. Interesting. Yeah, I guess if you're just making yourself aware. 79% of job applicants use social media in their job search. 91% of employees use social media to hire talent now. Yeah, look, it's the easiest way to reach people. It's the easiest way to reach a massive group of people. You can just say, look, I need this, this, and this in order to consider you. You need to be a bit like this, a bit like this, have this experience. And just like that, it's people just look at it. The first test is, did they pay attention to what the post is? And do they qualify? Great, there. Then, then we can look at them again and we can look further. Are they smart enough? Do they? Can they handle what we can do? You just it's so easy to go through people if you have them all there. Um, although it is always strong and people make the effort to actually, you know, in a social media world and people make the effort to reach to you directly, it does feel very nice. And so you do view them favorably. Confidence. Based on a 2018 Career Builder survey, 70% of employees use social media sites to research candidates. 
57% planned to do so. This is important because 57% turned out to find an excuse not to hire the candidate. Yeah, don't look unprofessional on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your Facebook. You've got to maintain uh, a persona on all of them, but you can you know, share parts of your personal life. But if you're trying to be a CEO, for example, or hold a very respectable job, you cannot be one person on LinkedIn and be the polar opposite on Instagram. It's important that you maintain a level of integrity across because otherwise it seems that you are untrustworthy and unstable. You need to be able to, uh, and, and it's not that you can't be free. Look, that there's a, you know, people are going to evaluate, evaluate you based on, on what they can see. And if they can rule you out because there's something they don't like about the way that you've conducted yourself in a public manner, they're, they're just thinking, look, if you're acting like that in a public manner, then that worries me because you're going to have to represent us. And then as soon as you know, we're tied to you, uh, that risk, that exposure is transferred to us immediately. So you want to be putting stuff out there that makes you appeal directly uh, to the image that they would want. If they want to think that they are going to at least have added value from engaging with you based on your public projection of yourself on all platforms, then that's a plus. And certainly, if they think they're going to have a deleterious effect based on some of your public profiles, that's going to have a massively negative effect. Because who takes on a negative? Who takes on a negative when, you know, as you're evaluating someone, the things that they're evaluating are what is publicly available to them and what you've sent them. And if they are more or less the same thing, and they're having to make a judgment call, they're making a judgment call on something that is clearly negative, which is why you must control it quite carefully. Meanwhile, the same survey also said they, that not having a social media footprint is also not good. Very true. 47% of employers are unlikely to call a candidate who doesn't have a social media footprint. Why? Because it sounds like they're lying. You know, the public world verifies you. And, you know, people who are competent at, at evaluating social media profiles will be able to tell very quickly whether or not you are making up um, what it is that you claim to have done and, or are doing. And also, it is very suspicious if they cannot find you. It suggests uh, a past that you're trying to hide. And moreover, it means in a world where they verify you by your experiences online. And, you know, trust me, when they start to really try to verify you, it can get um, the, the, the people that are that are, are, are trying to do that are extremely good at judging from your profile what it is that you do, how you behave, what's real and what the correct interpretation and understanding of it is. But if they can't verify you, it's like, well, it's all just information then. Number four, the oldie but the goodie, using a personal network. 2017 study by LinkedIn showed nearly 80% of jobs are found through networking. Yeah. It goes down to verifying who you are as a person. If they can see that you are A, a real person, B, you uh, have stand-up morals, uh, stand-up character that they would want to work with, C, you have the confidence, you're able to communicate with them, that is going to be a massive win for them. A 2017 study by LinkedIn showed nearly 80% of jobs are found through networking. Look, if you can verify someone they're in front of you. You're speaking to them. They're reaching out to you. They can assess who you are as a person. You know, we are. This isn't some. This isn't something that uh, reading a resume can easily replace. Simply because, you know, we have evolved over millions of years to assess each other, and assess e each other 
whether this is a reliable ally, a, a partner in accomplishing a task, a goal, uh, accomplishing the gathering of resources for your family, for your your uh, um, you know your tribal group. That, that you have to be able to assess people when they want to work with you, and um, doing that you can only do in person. Now, one of the ways that you do that is within your personal network. You have networks of trust which allow you to assess people, which allow you to uh, kind of get the skimmy on people too if you want to find out a bit more about who they are and how they've done. That's something that, that you can only do through a personal network, which is why it's very useful. 66% of American job seekers use their family or close friends' connections to look for jobs. 63% use their professional or work connections. People use their connections to get work. They also do it um, in terms of economic hardship. They rely on the networks that will always be there, which are familial, and then second to that is obviously friendship and professional. But they they are who you use when you want to figure this out. According to a survey by Monster, 65% of respondents would consider a job opportunity if they heard it through a personal connection. Absolutely, you'd probably consider jobs that you wouldn't be considering if you just flicked through them uh, you know, via a kind of anonymous platform. If you have the introduction to it, it's immediately more real, it's immediately more personal, and it's immediately more likely, basically. Asking for a job lead from family and friends works around 33% of the time. A third of the time, that's a lot. You ask a bit, and then you end up with... You only need one at the end of the day. You only need one job in the end, and then you're employed again. Around a third of external hires in an organization are attributed to referrals, with 80% of jobs not posted online. You need to hear about it, and you need to hear about it through your network and through the people that know you and that can recommend you uh, in good faith. Only 7% of job applicants get a referral because it's a big thing to refer someone, but they make up 40% of new hires. Referrals make a massive difference. This makes networking the most effective way at finding jobs. You need to be networking all the time. If you need to get a job now in this market, you know, you don't have the things, the access to the things you had before, the tools you had before in terms of networking events, but it's almost better because what you do have is networking technologies, networking platforms that allow you to meet people very quickly, either in five-minute um, uh, dots or, or an hour-long conversation that you get assigned to sort of have a chat with someone. There are ways to do this. 100% uh, that's what I would do um, if I was in that position. Networks unlock valuable advice, insights and influence that can either exacerbate existing social strata or be powerful levers for equity and opportunity. It can go both ways, like everything. It is a tool, it is, it is an essential part of how human societies work. And in times of stress, it's something that anybody can use to find a way in. And obviously, we're getting into here a little bit of how uh, old boy networks or alumni networks may favor certain people from certain backgrounds. However, I found in my experience that the strongest recommendations and the strongest uh, help in it that has come forward in, in, in familial networks and personal networks, getting people jobs are either professional, which is fully earned in that case, or uh, they are from backgrounds that you would not typically associate with 
that kind of approach to securing work, funnily enough. And then the ones that you would secure with that approach of, of, of procuring work, yeah, it certainly exists, but generally speaking, people are viewed as competition. So it is not as straightforward as, yeah, they'll just give it to you. That happens if someone's in, in, in trouble or you know, they don't think that they can do it on their own. It, it doesn't just happen. You do have to earn it, find it, and fight for it. Uh, again, not universally true, and there are other ways of understanding that, but it's just important to basically remember here that you know you, you cannot sit back and think, oh, this is so unfair, and I'm not going to be able to do it. I see it all the time. You could absolutely do it. Use the network that you have. Don't complain about what you don't have. That's not going to get you anywhere. And the other thing is some people fake uh, membership in communities that they believe will give them access to higher paying jobs. Uh, that is the worst possible thing you can do in terms of approaching how to get a job market. It is easy to check. And, you know, you can also just call the institutions they claim to be a part of and figure out whether they went there. You can easily see from their collection of friends whether or not uh, they've added randomly or whether or not they feel that this is an accurate representation of someone who had... Uh, actually attended an institution, got a degree, worked at a company that they claim that they have worked at, um, and and you can easily see when someone hasn't. And then a, a few things that I think are worth noting here are the, the things you must never do is on your profiles, put your full name, be honest about who you are. You, if you're going to be seeking a job online, you need to stop pretending that you don't exist online. You cannot, for example, just have a letter for your last name. No one will ever trust you or want to do business with you. It's not something that you can just create. It is something that you have to actually be able to verify, that you have to be able to understand, and you have to be able to relate to whoever it is you're trying to reach. It's the most important thing you can do is to convince people that it is worth their time to consider you. And that's really what it comes down to is they are not... It is not an exam official figuring out whether or not you've passed. It is someone ultimately deciding, is this someone I can work with? It's a grown-up conversation who I can rely on and I will be able to handle working with every day and I believe is going to be a good ally that will help me get to where I need to get and fulfill the obligations and the responsibilities that I have and everyone else has. That's what they're evaluating. And what you need to do is smooth the path to getting to the position where you're in front and being evaluated. That includes, first of all, reach out to people. Second of all, network with people. Use Lunch Club. Use these uh, forums that you can have to be paired up with people to meet new uh, individuals every week who, even if they're not directly related to what you're looking for a job in, it, it will help you put yourself out there because you don't know what is out there until you start to actually put yourself forward. Then you have to do things like make your resume extremely easy to read and transferable so everybody can appreciate it, everybody can understand it, and everybody can actually evaluate you based on it and what they can do with you and what they can not do with you so that you're not going down a rabbit hole that is not of use to anybody. You have to have clear profiles that are concise that show who you are, what you've done, and what you can offer. And I would say you need video of yourself so they can evaluate that you're there and that you have the confidence to put yourself forward. You need clean social media that does not have anything that you would not want to come up in a job interview. 
You need to make sure your LinkedIn, your actual job thing, is a representation of your office self as you want. But if you do all of this, if you network despite the fact that you can't go out and meet people, use that to advantage, meet more people by controlling the time that you spend through the actual options that are out there online. Set up your CV and record a video with it. Make sure it's up to date and is concise and as good as possible. Apply to as many jobs as you can online. Make it really easy for people to find you and put it out there that you're looking for work. And finally, make a video. Show who you are and then use that as a form of introduction and as a way to establish trust with the people you want to trust you with an employment opportunity. I hope that's been useful for everybody listening and I hope, you know, it, whether you are looking for a job or you're just simply thinking about the concept or you're a recruiter, that you find this is helpful and perhaps has spurred on some thinking of your own about what you would say if you were in my position talking about this. Let me know. I'm sure this topic's going to come up again. It's, it, it, it's going to be a recurrent theme probably for a long time. We're all, we're all going to have friends family members, personal connections, professional connections that are going to be looking for work that will be shy to ask for help probably, but probably need it. I think we are going to, you know, those that are employed are going to have to really look to help those around us uh, in order to get what they need to get by. Because like everything else that we're dealing with, it's a question of communal response, governmental response and personal response to what is, frankly, a bit of a crisis, a jobs crisis. So if you're looking for a job, good luck. I sincerely wish you good luck. Uh, I may end up one day looking for a job too, and I, I would wish that everybody wished me well in that and was there to support me as I hope um, the people around you can support you. Reach out to the people around you. Well, enough of that motivational talk. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Take care, stay safe, and... See you next time on Blaze Explains. Bye-bye.